Welcome to the PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, degree qualified nutritionist. This podcast is a place to help show you how to reduce your PCOS symptoms. Getting diagnosed with PCOS can be super confusing. It typically comes with very little information about what the condition actually is and how to manage it long-term. In this podcast, we cover the keys to understanding what PCOS is, the best approaches to improving your PCOS, and of course, how to reduce your PCOS symptoms through non-medication-based approaches. If you've been recently diagnosed with PCOS or you've had PCOS for a long time and you're wondering, what the heck do I do now and what do I need to do to reduce my symptoms, this podcast exists to show you exactly that. If you have PCOS and you want a strategic approach to help you lose weight, banish acne, stabilize your cycles, and reduce anxiety-inducing hair growth, then I would love to invite you to register for my free PCOS Masterclass. In this Masterclass, I'm going to be breaking down my exact process that I use when I'm helping clients like you reduce and resolve their PCOS symptoms without medication. To get access to the Masterclass, all you need to do is head to the link in the show notes, or you can access it directly by going to selendouglas.com forward slash webinar hyphen registration hyphen EG, or you'll find that link in the show notes below. Thank you so much for pushing play and having me in your ears. We are talking all about heavy periods and PCOS in this episode. So we're going to go through what a normal period is, what that should actually look like so that you've got some parameters and definitions and the ability to compare that sort of criteria to your own experience. We will also go through what actually is a heavy period and how do we know? Because often it's hard to distinguish what that is when, I mean, you don't get to live in anyone else's body, right? You only live in your own. So you only have your own experience to compare to. So what is heavy by your definition might be different for somebody else. So we're going to go through that uh, in some very real world, easy to understand uh, ways. And we're also going to go through some additional questions to help you categorize where to kind of look when you're trying to understand what is causing your heavy period. Uh, We are also going to go through what the common causes of a heavy period are with PCOS and what you can look out for and test uh, to work out what that cause is for you. And that is the whole process that I take all of my clients through whenever I'm working through a case is capturing the symptoms and understanding what that is, casting that net of testing to better understand the issues in that person's body, and then using that testing information to apply the right strategies that have been shown time and time again to get effects with that particular issue. So that is the process behind all of the work that I do with clients. But before we do dive into this episode, if you are listening to this in real time, so the end of November, 2023, 
then we have a couple of days left on our Black Friday bonuses that we're offering on both the PCOS Club and the PCOS Pathway. So it will be ending the 30th, Thursday, the 30th of November, 2023. So if you're listening in real time and you've been on the fence wanting to join one of these programs, now is the right time. And the glow up is designed to be your step one. So if we've never worked together before, if you've never been in my sphere before, then start with the glow up. This is designed to be your step one to get you acquainted with me, to get you really on the right foot when it comes to your nutrition. And then the pathway is designed to be your step two. And that's where we take more of that deep dive into testing. Um, But it's great if you've had that experience of the glow up first, because you come into that pathway on the front foot and really all over it with a lot of those foundational nutrition changes, which means you can dive straight into testing. So uh, let's talk about what a normal period is. So a normal period is a bleed really that should last somewhere between three to seven days, definitely no longer than seven days and any are shorter than three. And there would be concerns around it being too short and perhaps there being a bit of a deficiency in certain hormones that would be causing that. The other thing that we want to account for and consider is if that if you're experiencing any spotting the days leading up to your period, ideally this is minimal to none, um, too much spotting or going for too long, and that's definitely an indication of progesterone deficiency is the most likely cause because that uh, lack of progesterone will result in early shedding of the endometrial lining. When it comes to pain and what is normal, some discomfort is normal. You're not supposed to not feel your period at all and feel the same for the whole month. That is not what happens when we look at the ebb and flow of various hormones. It's very normal to understand why we feel different across certain days of the month, but the amount of discomfort shouldn't require medication. If we're requiring medication and or if you're already taking medication and it's doing nothing for your period pain and not really cutting the mustard, this is definitely an abnormal amount of period pain and you should look into addressing it absolutely. Period length is another, so cycle length, I should say, not the bleed, but the cycle as a whole. I feel like a lot of people get this mixed up. So when we're thinking about the cycle length, we're thinking about the whole cycle. So uh, the, the start of the cycle is the first day of your bleed right through to the day before your next bleed. So that is your whole cycle length. Now, when you look in a lot of places, online, even in textbooks, uh, the standard reference of what is considered normal is 21 to 35 days. Look more accurately, I think this is closer to 25 to 32 days, symptom dependent. The reason I'm saying this is because if we factor in that a luteal phase, so when we think about the period 
you have two really distinct uh, kind of three phases. You've got the follicular phase, ovulation in the middle, and then the luteal phase. The luteal phase is that second half of the cycle. So uh, this can vary in length really anywhere from 12 to 19 days. The textbook example is that this is 14 days, which is actually not for a lot of people but uh, it can vary. We don't, we really want that uh, luteal phase to be a minimum of sort of 12 days. If it's not, then certainly you want to look at progesterone and you want to look at the health of the corpus luteum, which is the gland secreting progesterone. So we want that uh, second half of the cycle to be a minimum of 11 days. So if we did have, say, a 21-day cycle, and the luteal phase was, let's say, uh, I'll use 11 days for um, keeping it easy for me to understand. That would mean that if we're removing 11 days, you're ovulating on day 10 or earlier. And it's just usually that if your cycle's 21 days, that that luteal phase just isn't going to be long enough. Um, and therefore you're likely to have low levels of progesterone. Of course, then if trying to conceive is a goal of yours, it's going to be quite difficult because if that luteal phase is too short, it's usually not long enough for implantation to occur. So that's why I'm saying really more accurately, we want to be looking for a closer uh, sort of definition of a bracket of time. So 25, 32 days, something like that. When we look at the other end of the spectrum. So if we're looking at, say, a cycle that's 32 days, 33 days, um, what we're thinking here is that this person has a longer follicular phase um, and we would still want to check the length of luteal phase or be aware of that, but a longer follicular phase. And so it will be symptom dependent as to whether that's normal. Let's say, for example, if someone had a cycle of 32 days, their luteal phase, so second half was 14 days, I'm just throwing out random numbers, and they had really minimal to no symptoms, no issues. Um, we were, you know, doing BBT tracking and could see that they had were definitely ovulating, then sure, we're not going to, uh, you know, be concerned around that. Let's say that person's cycle or new example was 34 days and they, uh, you know, ovulated um, but that follicular phase, so first part, was quite long and then they had quite significant PMS symptoms and maybe some pain and bleeding and those sorts of things were uh, more on the extreme side. Then maybe their follicular phase is too long and maybe there's some issues with estrogen and we need to look at uh, correcting that and doing so would actually reduce the length of the cycle entirety. So just to explain, it's always, you know, contextual, just because you fit within what is normal doesn't necessarily mean that that is where the, I guess, exploration stops or doesn't necessarily mean there's not an issue. If you're symptomatic, then even if you fit within that amount of normal, there could be issues either with ovulation or the length of either one of those phases, follicular or luteal. The other factor we want to consider when we're thinking about whether someone's period is normal is changes in moods and emotions. It's really normal to feel different, to feel more fatigued and tired uh, at the end of your cycle. 
what we really want to work on avoiding is extremes. The extremes are not normal. And when you're uh, experiencing those extremes, which generally look like your loved ones not wanting to be in the same room as you during that phase in your cycle, then yeah, this is something that we want to address. There's certainly some imbalances there and you likely don't just have the moods, you probably have some other symptoms to go with it. When it comes to blood loss, which is what we're talking about in this episode, normal is between 40 to 80 mils with minimal to no blood clots. And really we want the majority of the loss, the blood loss, to be that really nice fresh red color. So not like majority brown or anything like that. We really want that nice fresh blood color. And if you're not sure what to look for in terms of clots, clots will generally look like literally darker, gloopy bits in the blood that you're losing. And this is blood that has been clotted together. So anything over the size that's generally recommended is over five cents is large. They're large blood clots. And we'd want to be looking at that. Um, Now let's go into more around the definitions of what a heavy period is. So I said 40 to 80 mils is normal. And you're probably thinking, how the hell would I know the mils of my period? And that's what we're going to talk about. So over 80 mils is a heavy period. Over 80, heavy, under 40, too light. And we'd really want to be looking at estrogen if that was the case. So over heavy, uh, over 80 is heavy, and that is for the whole period. So I'm talking from the day you start bleeding to the day you stop. That's what we want to be looking at for. One of the major risk factors nutritionally for having a heavy period is chronic iron deficiency because one of the main ways that we will lose iron is through excessive blood loss. So if you're someone that has always struggled with iron deficiency, this is definitely an area that we want to look at. Could it be that you're actually losing too much blood every period? So I've said over 80 mils is too heavy. Now let's look at what is actually uh, the amount that our menstrual care products can hold. So I'm going to go through first tampons. So a regular size tampon is five mils and a super tampon is anywhere from 10 to 12. So if we go off the super and we use the 10 mil barometer, that means that if you're using more than eight super tampons in your, I should say filling, if you're filling more than eight super tampons in your cycle, then you have a heavy period. If you are using pads, so regular is five mil and an overnight is 10 to 15. So if you stick with the regular, for example, then you can use up to 16, but over 16 is heavy. Period undies are um, difficult to quantify because we don't really see the blood that we're losing in them, but um, a regular is 10 mil again. So if we go with regular, over 80 mils is heavy. Again, let's just do some math. So if you're using um, or filling more than eight, then it's heavy. Menstrual cups are hugely popular. I think these are a really great option. So your sort of standard size there is 25 to 30 mils. And uh, of course, there will be a 
uh, fill line usually on a menstrual cup. So you'll be able to see where that 25 mils would be. But let's say your menstrual cup is that regular size. We'll go with the smaller size of 25 mil. Essentially, if you're filling that three times in your cycle, you have a heavy period. So these definitions or barometers are really, really helpful because often we hear things like 40 to 80 mils or over 80 mils, and it's kind of like, well, I don't even know what that would be. So if you're not sure, like take um, record it in your phone next time you have your period, get your notes out on your phone and literally write down, uh, you know, day one, day two, day three, however long your cycle goes for, and literally write down the, uh, the amount of menstrual products that you're using, um, or the amount of times that you're filling your cup. And let's just say your cup is 25 mil, but you're changing it and it's half full, then literally write that down. And at the end, add it up and work out how much blood you are losing every single month. This is quite important to work out because especially if you are someone that struggles with any of the other uh, symptoms or iron deficiency, then this is something that you can correct, which can make a massive difference to yeah, every all of your other symptoms. Um, now it is also possible to have a heavy period and the period itself still be short. So you might only bleed for, uh, three days, but you might be losing 80 mils or more in that three day period. So I think sometimes we, I hear people say to me, uh, yeah, my period only lasts four days. It's really heavy the first two days, but then it's much lighter, Um, And sometimes we think that that can balance it out, but you might be losing, you know, 70, 80 mils within that first two days. And then it's just much lighter on the other side of that. The other way to think about this 80 mils is that a tablespoon is 20 mils. So it's essentially no more than four tablespoons across a whole cycle. So it's actually not a lot of blood. Now, another thing to think about is if you are someone who experiences you know, issues with breakthrough bleeding at nighttime or you fear going out into public because you've had experiences of breakthrough bleeding, then you probably do have a heavy period. If you're changing products every couple of hour or two, then you do have a heavy period. So there are some other ways that you can kind of get a gauge for if this is for you. I still encourage you to do the exercise of actually adding it up because it can be quite eye-opening. Now, when it comes to the normal length, so I said normal length of bleeding is somewhere between three to seven days. Over seven days um, is definitely too long and you're very unlikely to have ovulated if you're bleeding for more than seven days. So that's something to keep in mind as well. When I have a client that is experiencing heavy bleeding, I always ask them about their pain scale as well. So on a scale of one to five, one being very minimal to none and five being excruciating and can't function, what is the degree of pain that you have with that period? Because that's also really important in understanding where maybe you do need to go and perhaps speak with a gynecologist and be uh, looking into any coexisting conditions like perhaps endometriosis or adenomyosis. Blood clots is another important factor as well. So I mentioned that before too. Some clotting can be normal, but we want this to be very 
small essentially and if you go off the size of coins in Australia our five cent coins are very small so I said that in Australia because I've noticed we have a lot of US listeners now but five cent um, coins are really quite small about the size of your thumbnail roughly Um, so you don't want them to be any larger than that if they are that is um, quite large and again that can often point to issues with estrogen so when we're thinking about this symptom of heavy periods, we want to always be asking why. Now, the most common issues that I see with PCOS are low thyroid. This is in no particular order. Low thyroid function or issues with antibodies, which can often go together, but sometimes don't. So this can be early stages or developed autoimmune condition like Hashimoto's. Um, or it can be an underfunctioning thyroid, so not necessarily autoimmune related, but an underactivity in the hormones. Very commonly, this can cause heavy bleeding. Um, and then the symptoms that you might be experiencing alongside that, if that is something you're experiencing, can be the irregular periods, anxiety, um, dry skin, hair loss from the head, feeling depressed, constipation. These are all signs of low thyroid function. The problem is that these symptoms that I've just rattled off could be a number of other things as well. And so I harp on about testing all of the time, but honestly, this is why you need to get testing done to actually work out what the problem is for you. But low thyroid is really something that's important to address if you're experiencing um, or look into, I should say, if you're experiencing heavy periods. the I would say this next thing I'm about to mention is the most common problem for PCOS, and that would be anovulatory cycles. So that means that you're getting a bleed, but you're not ovulating. This can happen even if you have a normal length cycle that is regular. So I see this all the time that people will think, well, I get a regular period, and a regular bleed. So I must be ovulating. This is wrong. This is not always the case. Um, So the way that you can assess whether you're ovulating or not, there's a few different ways. But what I would look at first would be um, basal body temperature tracking. So um, I've done a previous episode on how to do this, but using basal body temperature tracking will give you great, fairly quick and basically free feedback about whether you're ovulating or not. It's a really easy thing to do. Um, And then what you can look at as a next step would be the balance of your estrogen and progesterone seven days post-ovulation. So a few things here. If you find out that through BBT tracking you're not ovulating, well, then correcting your heavy periods partially at least, will be down to reinstating ovulation. So the thing to understand is that estrogen does many things, but one of the things that it does in terms of heavy bleeding is thickens the endometrial lining and really prepares um, that lining for implantation. And the amount of estrogen has quite a bit to do with the amount of blood that we're going to lose in any given period. Progesterone thins the lining and really makes our periods lighter. So if your 
producing enough estrogen, but you're not ovulating, you're not making adequate progesterone because progesterone is made after ovulation. So if that process isn't occurring, you don't make progesterone, which means you end up with these basically withdrawal bleeds that are just bleeds um, that can happen regularly, but you haven't necessarily ovulated. Now, if you do BBT tracking and you identify this, it's it's going to be fairly obvious to you. And then there's no point in checking, doing any testing like progesterone testing because you just know that you won't be producing any anyway. So there's no point in doing timed progesterone testing because you're wasting your time and money. But if you do the BBT tracking and you identify that you are ovulating, well, then the next likely answer becomes that you've got an imbalance between your estrogen and progesterone ratio. And what you'd want to do is do that testing seven days after ovulation. So if you've got an issue with your estrogen-progesterone ratio, it means that you're ovulating, but there's something out with the ratio of those hormones. It's either that you're making too much estrogen and enough progesterone or not enough progesterone and perhaps enough estrogen, or maybe you have a combination of high estrogen, low progesterone. Depending on which of those issues it is will then allow you to apply the most appropriate strategies to correct that particular issue. But until you know that, you're trying to correct heavy periods without even knowing what the heck is causing it. So you're applying random strategies and you might get lucky, but you probably won't. Um, the other very common factor with PCOS, and this is tied up in the anovulation, is insulin. So um, high insulin issues with metabolic function and the links that that has to inflammation can definitely be a big reason for heavy periods as well. So often I'll find that through correcting someone's insulin after a couple of months, they'll say, oh my gosh, my periods are so much lighter and it's just happened sort of seemingly magically. I mentioned endometriosis and adenomyosis, which are two conditions I won't really go into a whole lot because we're talking more so about PCOS, but very, very common um, or can be quite common that these are coexisting issues with PCOS. Um, Endometriosis, at least we can't do any kind of simple blood test, although there can often be clues in blood testing um, that it could be endometriosis. But the key symptom that we want to look for in either of these conditions is pain um, and also estrogen issues. So high estrogen very commonly uh, connected to these two problems, but not always. And um, if you're experiencing severe pain, uh, then it is something that I think is worth looking into. With endometriosis, I will also say that I have seen many times clients who don't have that symptom of pain but have had problems with conceiving, and it's only been through exploring that further through internal investigations that the endometriosis has actually been discovered. So it's always important to understand with everything health-related that um, we often see patterns. For example, there's a pattern that's been established between pain and endometriosis, but just because you don't have that symptom doesn't mean you don't have the condition. And so in health, we always want to veer away from being black and white about things because it's just not what happens in individual bodies. So it's very common to experience extreme pain with endometriosis, but it's not always there. So always keep that in mind as well. If you do suspect you have either of those issues, it's great to go and make an appointment with a specialist. 
So how can you work out what is causing your heavy periods? Basically, it is testing. So BBT tracking is a great way to understand whether or not you're ovulating. And using that information, you can understand if you need to do something like estrogen and progesterone testing seven days after ovulation. Thyroid testing is definitely something I encourage. Um, and all of that testing you can have done through your doctor. So we do have our PCOS testing guide um, that is available for free on the website. And that has a lot of this key testing that I've mentioned, a little explainer about it, as well as optimal reference ranges. So if you want to get your hands on that, go and download it. It is on the website or you'll be able to find it um, in the show notes for this episode as well. That is it. And a reminder, if you're unsure if you have a heavy period or not, then track it. Literally grab the notes on your phone. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. And the next time you get your period, you want to be recording how much blood you're losing. And you can look at what the standard is for, you know, whether you're someone that uses a menstrual cup or pads or tampons and what size they are. So understanding that the super tampon is 10 to 12 mil, a menstrual cup is 25 to 30 mil or checking uh, your individual care product and then literally multiplying by how many you are filling across a period. And that will help you to understand how many mils you are losing. And if you do have a period, heavy period, then ultimately you want to be working out why so that you can start solving the right problem. That's it for this episode. Just a reminder about our Black Friday offers. If you are listening to this in real time, they will be available until the end of November 2023. So if you're thinking about joining the Glow Up or the Pathway, we would love to have you in there. Before you go, a quick reminder that any information discussed on the PCOS podcast is general in nature, does not take into account your personal health circumstances, and of course, does not replace medical advice.